Hello and welcome to day 43 of A Year of War and Peace. I'm Logan. I'm Brett. And today we'll be talking about Volume 1, Part 2, Chapter 18. The battle. The Shonen war continues. continues. Of course it does. What else would it do? Nothing. Progression leads his company down off the hill and into the smoke of, of, of the battle. <gasps> Put war noises here. <laughs> Do some real sick audio editing in the background yeah. of these. Uh, he heads down and they descend off of the hill and into like the smoke. And basically their visibility gets like shot and they're just wandering through like no, guns. Pun intended. Absolutely. They're just wandering through like mist and smoke and chaos and at gunfire and past all this these is wounded like the soldiers. This scar- is like the scariest part of this to me. Yeah. Is just like the fact the chaos, like the sheer chaos of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something that I've read about that doesn't get depicted a lot in like movies about this period, just because it's not very visually interesting, but the smoke off of rifles like lingered and was thick. So after a few volleys, you were basically firing blind. For, like, that could be really visually interesting. It could be very, but people just don't want to be creative. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, it could be interesting, but it's more difficult than not doing that. <laughs> But yeah, the the smoke would would really really settle in, and so after a few volleys are exchanged, and we're probably I don't know a half hour hour more into this battle, it sounds like from the description of things at this yeah, point. Yeah, it seems like we're decently. We're in. yeah, well into it. That's another thing that how long this stuff could last, man. Just like hours of fighting. Yeah, firing. going back and forth in this like hellish landscape. But they they descend into the smoke. They're passing these men who are like covered in blood, wandering around like. This, disoriented this was so like that the descriptions of that were so um scary unsettling yeah yeah unsettling that's a better word yeah just like the and and that's where you you know from last chapter when he was like trying to retain control over the field it's like obviously there's you no yeah, yeah you can't control no, that yeah that just is what it is at that point pretty much they come upon this infantry group that's like disorganized and just kind of in a big mass of men firing off into the smoke. And Andre wonders where they are because it's not the line. They're not bunched up together. Nobody's moving. So it's on an assault group. And the Colonel runs up to Bagration and says that they were, I like this part a lot. Um, he reports to Bagration that his regiment had been attacked by the French cavalry and the attack had been repulsed, but the regiment had lost half of its men. And it says the Colonel said that the attack had been repulsed because that seemed like a suitable military term for what had happened, but he had no real idea of anything that had taken place during that half hour of skirmishes involving his troops and couldn't have said with any certainty whether the attack had been repulsed or his regiment had been destroyed by the attack. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we pushed it back. We were attacked. There were cavalry. Now there aren't cavalry. And now there's guys coming up the hill and we're shooting at them still. Imagine that's your army and you're trying to get back up the hill and they're just (laughs) firing down at you. (sighs) March in good order, boys. So you need your little drummer boys to keep your spirits up. Dude, they sent those poor boys into battle just to, with no weapon, no shield, yeah, just to get shot. Like that's crazy. They're an essential part of the order of the organization of things. Do you think or the, they, or the flute player? Do you think that they sent them in for like like sonar recognition for like spatial awareness? Maybe I my thought was um like keeping like marching rhythm. I guess, but they even play like when they're not even marching, they like when morale. they were just firing. I don't know. I don't know. The Scottish I, army had like bagpipes that would come in with them. They'd have bagpipes on the field. Well, I was just thinking like 
if the gun smoke is really that heavy. Maybe, yeah. And yeah. you can hear like the rhythm of your drum, mm-hmm. like your drummer boy, like you know, like, oh, he's with like in a realistic, non chaotic or unrealistic, yeah. not, oh, you, he's with blah, 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 or he's stationed here. I'm about blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm close to this. Maybe, maybe. I, know. I know that they'd also use uh, like trumpets or horns to give orders. Like, cavalry specifically yeah. would have like a trumpeteer. Do-do-do-do. Yeah, exactly. And they'd play like certain tunes, certain like tunes meant retreat or attack or regroup. And so you'd hear that. Yeah. And you'd have to just like do that. That makes sense. The, that, that I know was one way of communicating. But um, yeah, just this, this chaotic situation. I think probably in the, about the center of their forces where this regiment has just been like blasted. Uh, Bagration orders up the sixth chasseurs, which I believe is cavalry, a cavalry force, although they come up dismounted. So I don't know what happened to their horses, but... Nothing good, unfortunately. Clearly. Um, and the uh, colonel of the regiment, the disordered regiment, tries to convince Bagration to to leave and get off the front because he's going to get shot and killed. And Bagration's like, no, no. I take, stand here. You can take the men out of the war, but you can't take <laughs> the war out of them. Which is that clearly Bagration seems to understand his position as like the morale head. Yeah. Like that he... His he his job is to is to reinforce uh, the troops, but the six Ashurs come up and they have a little captain who's doing a, a very spirited march ahead of them, and and it says he even seems to be mouthing to himself left, 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 left with right, his arm. Um, left. and they come up in in pretty good order, and then they get hit by um, do they get hit by a cannonball? It goes over them, and I think another one comes in and and and, and nails them, and then they have to reform. So. Yeah, close ranks. Yeah. The, so the the chasseurs come up, form up, and then Bagration uh, lines them up. They get uh, hit with a volley of French gunfire, and Bagration shouts, hurrah, and then draws his sword and, and commands them forward, and they, they go forward in a bayonet charge and charge yeah. the French lines. Yeah. I love the author's note that they have at the bottom. I know. Tolstoy, Tolstoy throws a little thing in there. Where uh, this was the attack of which there's... Says the Russians behave valiantly, a rarity in warfare. Two bodies of infantry were observed marching resolutely against each other without either of them giving up until they clashed. And Napoleon on St. Helena said that some of the Russian battalion showed no fear. Yeah. So <laughs> Tolstoy wanted them to be us to be like, so they were eating it up. They were devouring. So they ate it up. Even Napoleon has to admit it. That they, that Even they Napoleon has to admit the serve. <laughs> <laughs> He has to acknowledge. He has to acknowledge what's been what's been given here. <laughs> I, the, one of the most interesting parts about this chapter is it happens a few times throughout the book where they say like our troops, yeah, our boy, like our our army, um, inviting like the the reader to sympathize with like the Russian mm-hmm. the Russian military cause. Yeah, he did, he makes no attempt at making this a um like a an objective view no. on like what's you're very clearly like this is a Russian, Russian book this is a Russian book yeah by and for by and for and about Russia I also find it interesting that Andre in these chapters feels more like the eyes and ears than mm-hmm. like a real and actual character where he's just like observing. Yeah. And providing, like, sentiments maybe about the characters. Right. But he's not having any real thoughts or actions of his own. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is interesting. I think that that's probably twofold. One, obviously, Tolstoy can't 
change yeah. anything that it can't really change affect what happens history, here yeah. tremendously with his fictional characters. But I think that there's something interesting there with Andre's dreams of being the war hero coming into conflict with the reality of the situation. I think that it probably becomes very clear that Bagration knows what he is doing and yeah. Andre is once it actually yeah. gets into it, way out way of his depth. Of, way out of his league. And I think I think also that it's like he's always gonna be on the outside of war as an elite officer. Yeah. Like he's not he's not ever, at least to this point, yeah. like on the front lines fighting the French army. He's riding around with the commander in chief, with the general, mm-hmm. hearing and listening and giving orders. Yeah. He's not doing like the hero things that he feels like he's doing in his head if that mm-hmm, makes sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think that once things actually cl- clash andre just kind of has folded into the path of least resistance and is mm-hmm. just following around the guy who clearly knows what he's doing. what's what he's doing and what needs to be done yeah. here where all, all of andre's little um little planning and, and tactical theorizing a few chapters ago aren't, aren't really aren't really counting for so much yeah, now. Yeah, they, they kind of went out, they went down the drain. But yeah, I like the I like that author's note. Tolstoy's such a little history fan. He's a, he, he just wants to share little little bits and pieces with everybody. <laughs> He's like the guy that writes JoJo's and his random oh, yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something there's something a little interesting here is that they in that author's note that they note that the um, actual clash of the two forces. Uh, against each other is a rarity in warfare um, because when he orders the six chasseurs into the uh, I believe it's a bayonet charge that they char- order at the end there seems like it uh, and they all rush towards the French and kind of scatter their line the uh, the reality is historically uh, bayonet charges very rarely resulted in bayonet combat mm-hmm. it was usually more of a game of chicken it was are the the guys in the defending going to get scared of a bunch of men running at them with bayonets and break and flee and give up their position or are the guys running at them going to lose momentum under a bunch of volleys of gunfire and turn yeah. around and run the other run way been generally people don't want to end up in close quarters combat with spears and stabbing at each other. Yeah. So it's very it's it's it is very rare historically for bayonet charges to actually result in bayonet combat. Yeah. I I can understand that. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'll give that one to them. I get that. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's something that the inclination of people to want to keep themselves alive, I think is something that seems very obvious, but when most of our depictions of this period of war and war in general is is through like, is through yeah. movies and like, and men like yelling and just running at yeah and just running at each other and clashing two big lines yeah. into chaotic like stuff it's like really historically when guys ended up on the front lines of a battlefield the first thing they were thinking about is is how do i not get myself killed yeah and the second thing is how do i not kill anyone a lot yeah. of the time because people don't want to people don't want to do people. that either yeah i think that there is some like archaeology work that has been done where people found that um, if you looked at rifles found at these battlefields, mm-hmm. only uh, like a quarter of rifles in these historical battlefields were ever actually fired Whoa. during the course of the battle. And there are examples of muskets that were double and triple loaded, where men were just constantly reloading to look busy, but they didn't actually want to shoot anybody, so they wouldn't fire. They tried to avoid firing their gun. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that it's very, very interesting? It's very interesting. But yeah, the uh, the chasseurs charge and scatter the Frenchmen, and the battle at Schoengraben continues. continues. Still not looking, not looking, not great. looking any better. Not really. looking great. But yeah, that that the opening of this with the smoke and the wounded men yeah. and all of it, just it's going very, down from the heights into the yeah. gun smoke is like 
horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the horrors. The horrors. The horrors persist, but so do we. <laughs> For now. For now. <laughs> okay. Ranking time. Oh, yes. Ranking. Okay. We'll do Bagration. The jaunty captain. Okay. And the captain that floundered and was like not sure really how oh, okay. to his, yes. his army. Uh, the colonel is the, the one colonel. that's in Sorry, charge. Of the the colonel. colonel and the captain. The colonel, the captain. We'll just do the colonel and the captain. Just the colonel and the captain? Yeah. Okay. Um, who's winning in a thumb war? Oh. Well, who's who's going to win the thumb war? Interesting. I know, it's a hard one. It is. I don't have much to go on <laughs> in terms of their thumb war abilities. See, do you want a different one? Um, no, I'll, 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 I'll take this challenge on. Okay. okay. I'll take, I'll take this on. I'll analyze these men as well as I can. Well, you know, I don't know if the captain's got, you know, real, real guts to him. You know, he might seem, he seems a little bit detached from the reality of the situation. Yeah. Whereas the colonel's in it, but the colonel also doesn't really know what's going on. But the captain also gets shot and dies. Hey. In like the last paragraph of this. Hey, man. So at that, if we're going with a current state, the colonel definitely wins because the captain can't even like raise these, his thumb. These all take in like a hypothetical I'm sure, liminal I know, I know, space. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, now. I'll, uh, I'll give it to the colonel because I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little more sympathetic to the colonel. Yeah. I'm a little more sympathetic. He outranks the captain and he's, he's taken on, he's on, on the front line Trying his best trying to lead his, his men, and the captain seems a little bit, a uh, little bit out of, a little bit out of it, out of touch with the situation. So the colonel, colonel's a little more grounded, and so I think his his thumb can grind the captain <laughs> into submission. Yeah. All right. All right. There's chapter eighteen. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Well, that's all we got. I was about to tell you the story about the time I thought I went blind playing volleyball, but that's not really what I meant. That's not really what I meant. We can talk about it after we talk. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it.